Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Caruso, right wing, jab step, puts up a three. He got it. Willie Caruso stays hot from beyond the arc. Hands off to Wirtz. He fires a corner three. He's got it again. Wirtz bounces into Richards, who feeds Frankenstein. Does a circus shot off the glass. Count it and the foul. Edie, crossover, step back, left elbow, puts up a two, puts it in. Backdoor Caruso, the one-handed hammer! Willie Caruso brings the crowd to its feet. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the 10th episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, student voice of the Santa Clara Broncos and your source to stay up to date with Santa Clara athletics all season long. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Believe Podcast website, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you haven't already, please rate and subscribe. Any and all feedback that you have for the show is greatly appreciated. And you know, I always say in that intro, uh, your source to stay up to date with Santa Clara athletics all season long. Bit of personal news is this podcast will... Cease to be hosted by myself. I have accepted a position as the lead broadcaster for Eastern Oklahoma State College Athletics. I begin on April 6th, an opportunity I'm absolutely thrilled to have and, and humbled to to have been offered. And so that means that, uh, you know, my, my podcast hosting days for for this show are a bit limited, but that does not mean I'm not going to make the most of them and see them through, you know, to the end of, of this Santa Clara basketball season, which has been continuing and the Broncos are in a little bit of, of a skid right now. But first, uh, the WCC standings, you got number two Gonzaga on top because they're Gonzaga. Of course, they are on top and they're the odds-on favorites to win the conference for sure. Now, right behind them at 10-3 and three in conference play is BYU, who have snuck into the top 25 at number 23 this week. That is who Santa Clara is actually going to take on on Saturday. I'll have a preview for that game a little later in the episode. But the West Coast Conference, for the first time since earlier this year, when St. Mary's was in the top 25, now has two teams ranked in uh, the AP Top 25 with BYU at number 23. They're 21-7 and overall and 10-3 and in WCC play. Right behind them are those St. Mary's Gales at 21-6 overall, 8-4 and in West Coast Conference play. They're in sole possession of third place. Right now, they're projected as a nine seed in the West Coast Conference a little, or excuse me, in the March Madness tournament, rather, it's debatable whether or not they'll actually get in. They still have their game on the road against Gonzaga. That's going to end their regular season. You know, they get another chance at the Zags. If they pick up a win there, I think they'd be almost a lock to make the March Madness tournament. But, you know, it's going to be a lot tougher for them, I think, to make that field of 64 or 68 if you count the, the last four in games. If if St. Mary's is not able to at least give Gonzaga a game because they got blown off their home floor pretty badly earlier this season. Uh, fourth place in the WCC is Pacific. They lost to St. Mary's this weekend after having won four straight games in conference play against San Diego, San Francisco, Pepperdine, and Portland. Then you've got Pepperdine in fifth, seven and six in conference play. They're 14 and 13 overall. 
I just have to say, everyone, I was so right on this team. <laughs> I, I've been wrong. I've told you when I've been wrong on this very podcast before. I didn't think Pacific was for real. They clearly are. They're fourth in the WCC. But Pepperdine was 7-9. and nine. I told you they were the best sub-500 team in the country. Since that point, they are 7-4. and four, And one of those losses is a nail-biter loss in Spokane to the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Okay, so Pepperdine is at uh, sixth, or at fifth, rather. In sixth in the conference is San Francisco. They're just up and down. They got off to a hot start. They lost a bunch of games. They won a bunch of games. They've now lost three of their last four. I don't know what to make of them. I think they're, they've got a talented roster, but they, they just seem unable to find any type of consistency. And speaking of struggling to find consistency, in seventh place right now, are the Santa Clara Broncos, 18-9 and nine overall, 5-7 and seven in conference play. After a 17-game home winning streak that began at the end of last year, ran all the way through this year and into conference play, uh, they actually have not won a home game since January 18th, which is absolutely crazy to think about. They've lost four of their last five. Uh, including a loss this past Saturday to LMU, certainly one of the the more disappointing losses they've had this year, particularly at home. Um, It's been a tough stretch for for Santa Clara. And then at the bottom, you've got LMU, San Diego, and Portland, who have three, two, and one wins, respectively, in WCC play. All right, let's get into it for Santa Clara. Uh, I was off last week on this show. I had an outrageous amount of work to do. I had three midterms in two days and, you know, I, I didn't do my weekly talk show on KSU either. I was, I uh, needed a week off to make sure that I, that I didn't fail my classes um, because I do still go to school for now. And so during that time, uh, Santa Clara went down to Pepperdine and the waves completed a season sweep of Santa Clara with a 91 to 77 victory Jaden Bediako played pretty well. He had a career-high 19 points, added nine rebounds. Taj Eady continued to shoot the ball well. He had 18 points off the bench. And it just was not enough, particularly at the defensive end. You know, usually 70 points is that threshold for Santa Clara to get over. And, you know, they're 14-4 and now this year when scoring over 70 points. And their defense, again, against Pepperdine was just not enough. I mean, the waves are really athletic and uh, that that showed in this game they were able to outmuscle Santa Clara for uh, for some 50-50 balls and they were able to find a lot of space offensively the Edwards brothers Cameron and Kessler had a combined 28 points 14 rebounds and knocked down three triples and Colby Ross of course led the way with 23 points that was a game high and you know Santa Clara got down in this game early they let Pepperdine knocked down some threes, much like in the game a few weeks ago here in Santa Clara. And every time Santa Clara would make a run, which they did throughout the game in both halves, they would get, you know, to a a one or two possession game. They were down by as much as 12 in the first half, and then they'd cut it to, you know, two or three or even one at one point. And then boom, just like that, Pepperdine would go on a run in two minutes or less where they'd score eight to 10 quick points, and then they were back up by a more substantial margin. So that was a loss for Santa Clara. And then they come back home and they've got two games, San Francisco and LMU. I'm going to go more in depth with the San Francisco game. uh, And then I'll talk about LMU as well. So they play San Francisco last Thursday. They lose 70 to 61. 
which was disappointing because you come home after having lost to Pepperdine for the second time in the year, and you have a chance to win a couple of games against teams that had been struggling. San Francisco had lost three straight games coming in. LMU had lost five straight games coming in. And Santa Clara was not able to win either of those games, so they've now lost three straight. But the San Francisco game, the Broncos really got off to a great start early. They did. I mean, they they jumped out. They had the first points of the game. They had an early lead. They were playing well defensively. They were getting good shots, and, and the offense was clicking. Santa Clara with the ball. Frankich lobs down low for Betty Ako. Collects at the right block. Goes up and scores right over the top of Tommy Yerkatam, who can't do anything about that. It's 24-16 Santa Clara as we're inside of eight minutes to go in the first half. That very clearly was the offensive game plan to run the entire offense through Jaden Betty Ako. You know, Jimbo Lowell, the big man for San Francisco, seven feet tall, 250 pounds, is the only body that the Dons had that physically could match up with Jaden. And Herb Sendek and the coaching staff wanted to exploit that because Jimbo Lowell wasn't playing a lot. And when he would get switches onto guys like Tavi Yerkatam, like you heard right there, or, you know, Dimitri Rivni would switch onto him, those were matchups that. Santa Clara felt that they could just duck the ball inside to Jaden Bediaco, let him use his size, and it was really effective in the early going. But then San Francisco started to make the adjustments, and Santa Clara offensively didn't. They shot just four threes in the first half. Four threes in an entire half. I mean, they just weren't putting up any perimeter shots. They didn't make any of them either. I mean, they went to the half down by six, and they had not shot any threes. And also, they went the last eight minutes of the first half without a field goal. You know, it was... You understand why they were trying to go to Jaden Bediaco because he'd had so much success early. But when San Francisco made the adjustment, Santa Clara needed to then readjust the offensive end, and they really didn't. You know, Bediaco started 4-6 from the floor, but ended the game 6-14 of because he was getting double teamed and they were being a little bit more physical. The refs were letting certain things go and you know credit San Francisco for making those defensive adjustments uh, first year head coach Todd Golden I, I think is doing a pretty solid job in his first year at the helm and you know it always helps for a first year head coach when you have a guy like Jamari Bouye who had a game high 17 points in this one uh, he had it going in the first half and he, he continued that success in the second half as well now comes back up top. Crossover. Hesitate down the right side of the lane. Hangs in the air. He banks it in off the glass. And that is how the first half comes to an end. That was an especially tough finish to the half for Santa Clara because, like I said earlier, they didn't have a field goal in the last eight minutes of action in the first half. The offense really, really stalled. They had some good looks. You know, it was just one of those stretches where shots weren't going down. Then you have a turnover here and there, and San Francisco was playing well at the other end, and they did a good job of utilizing Clark to kind of limit the number of Santa Clara possessions. Um, so, so the offense sputters to end the half after a good start. Now, remember, this is a game that, you know, back on January 13th was – Uh, one in which Santa Clara scored just 23 points in the first half. And it looked like they were going to more than surpass that, but then they only ended up scoring 28 because of that stretch. But then in the second half, the offense started to find a little bit of rhythm, particularly from beyond the arc. Keyshawn Justice came alive. 
he hit this shot, which Santa Clara desperately needed to get some momentum back on their side. Betty Acko, the handoff to Williams, is poked away by Minlin, but Jalen Williams recovers for Santa Clara. Jalen lobs down low to Jaden Betty Acko, comes off the bottom of the backboard, ball is loose, Frankich diving on the court, gets it to Keyshawn Justice. Justice, open, right wing three, you bet. That is all effort from Josip Frankich right there. That was a point in the game in which Santa Clara was starting to feel it slip away, but that bucket right there really injected some life into the Levy Center. And, you know, once again, we saw that resiliency from these Broncos that they were just not going to quit on the game. And that offensive possession there uh, where Vrankich, you know, has the hustle, he's diving on the floor, and then Justice gets the quick three, really gave them the spark that that they needed. But ultimately, San Francisco played well down the stretch, and they kept feeding the horse that was that was carrying him to the finish line, and that was Jamari Bouye. He hit a number of big shots in this game, some of them at critical moments, and uh, this was one of them that really kind of sealed the deal. Bouye hesitate, charging down the right side, lays it in, high up off the glass. This is San Francisco's largest lead at 65-51 to 51 with three minutes to go. That was kind of the point where you realize the deficit was, was just about insurmountable, down 14 with, with three minutes to go, and San Francisco ultimately ends up winning 70-61. to 61. So that gave Santa Clara its first consecutive set of losses on the year. And then they were looking for a bounce back this past Saturday against LMU. And LMU was a team that coming into that game had lost five straight games. They'd won just two conference games all year. One of those wins was against San Diego. One of those was a win against Portland, both of which are teams that Santa Clara has gone and combined 3-0 and against so far this year. And they've beaten them handily the way that you're supposed to when you're a good team each and every time because those teams are at the bottom of the WCC. And against LMU, it looked like that was going to be the case again. Santa Clara jumped out to a seven-point lead in the early going, but then LMU just started using the clock. I mentioned San Francisco did this a little. LMU and head coach Mike Dunlap did a phenomenal job of doing this. Santa Clara did not shoot the ball poorly in this game. They really didn't. I mean, by percentage, Santa Clara was at or above their season average. They shot at 46% from the floor. That's not a bad number at all. That's a great number. The problem is they only had 45 shot attempts, and they had 15 turnovers in this game. That's where LMU won. Santa Clara also struggled from beyond the arc, 5 of 19. They could not knock down a perimeter shot despite a number of good looks. And a couple of those made three-pointers came late in in garbage time as well. So it was really even more of a struggle from beyond the arc than that. I think before Jalen Williams hit two threes in about five seconds with the team down uh, down by 10 or so with, with – with not a lot of time on the clock, uh, Santa Clara was 3 of 17 from beyond the arc. That was really the story of the game. Santa Clara couldn't do- knock down outside shots. They committed a lot of fouls, and LMU got to the free throw line where they were 12 of 15, and this was a 65-59 to 59 ball game. Santa Clara shoots 46% from the floor, puts up 59 points. That's really good coaching from Mike Dunlap and LMU in they were doing such a great job of not starting each of their offensive sets 
until the shot clock was at about, I don't know, maybe 10. I, I mean, the number of times where they were just kind of moving her around the perimeter or just straight up standing around, and then they'd start their offense at 10 was really astonishing, and they shot 46% from the floor. So they were efficient with with what they were doing, and they were led by Eli Scott. No surprise there. He had 19 points. He's their best all-around player. And then they got great, great minutes from Jordan Bell off the bench, who had 13 points and nine rebounds, a guy who hadn't scored in double figures in quite some time. He's not known as an offensive player, but he stepped up in this one and was a big reason that they were able to win the game. Um, 65 to 59 was the final. Now, Josef Frankic, it was great to see him have a bounce back. Uh, you know, as you kind of look at the silver linings from a loss like this, it was great to see Frankic have a bounce back Saturday against LMU. He had 17 points, six boards, and three assists. A really nice and well-rounded game for Josef. And it was encouraging because he had actually gone 0 for 10 from the floor against San Francisco. He knocked down a few free throws, and that was it. But he really struggled against the Don, so it was good to see him get back on track because if Santa Clara is going to finish this season strong with four West Coast Conference games remaining, he has he has to play well. He, he really does. He's the captain of the team. Uh, we've seen him lead the team in scoring a number of times this year, and he's a guy that, that Herb Sendek depends on at the offensive end in particular. Now, if Santa Clara wants to finish the regular season strong, one thing they can't do is what they did a lot of Saturday night against LMU, and that was turn the ball over. They had 15 turnovers, and that is another way that the Lions were able to limit the number of Santa Clara possessions, is they used a lot of clock, and then they'd go down the other end, they get a turnover. You know, if you do that back-to-back, well, suddenly you've just lost over a minute of action that you can't score the ball. And that was that was just ultimately the story of the game. So Santa Clara's got its first losing streak of the season. They've lost three in a row. They're down to seventh in the WCC, and it's really it's a gut check. It's an absolute gut check of all right. What are you made of? Show me what you got. You got four games left in this season. Are you gonna you know throw in the towel? And, and say, ah, oh, well, we gave it a run, but we just fell off at the end, and it's not worth trying. I don't think they will. I, I really don't. I think they're going to fight tooth and nail and and do their best to, to finish the season strong because that's what we've seen from them this year is resiliency time and time again. And, you know, they, they do not have an easy schedule remaining. They've got BYU and Pacific on the road this week. Then they've got St. Mary's and Portland at home next week. And then you have the West Coast Conference Tournament. Um it's going to be interesting to see, you know. It's really, I think, going to be a testament to how much do the players buy in to Coach Sendek and the staff, how much do they believe in themselves and, and each other. And, you know, I, I think it's uh, it, it, there's a lot of potential for Santa Clara to finish the season really strong and and feel good about where they're at going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. Now, before we get there and before we get to our interview with – uh, with Jaden Bediaco, who is a delightfully fun person to talk to, I must say. Uh, a quick preview of Thursday's game against BYU, uh, the number 23-ranked BYU Cougars. Not going to be an easy game. It is in Provo. That is a ridiculous 
ridiculously difficult place to play. It's an NBA-sized arena. They are loud, and it's Provo. Fans have nothing else to do. It's like Spokane. <laughs> you know, it's That is what people do on a Thursday and Saturday night this time of year, especially with the team playing so well. Uh, Santa Clara last beat BYU my freshman year in 2017. That game was at the Levy Center. An all-time BYU is 15-2 and two at home against the Broncos. So it's definitely going to be a tough matchup for them. But if it's one that you can somehow find a way to win, they're 15-point underdogs is the line right now in Vegas. If you can find a way to win that game, it is such an emotional boon. Obviously, it's a, it's a boon to the resume as well in terms of seating in the West Coast Conference. Uh, to get another conference win, you end this skid. You'd knock off a top 25 team. It would easily be, I think, the best win of the year. Right now, the best win of the year is the one against St. Mary's back on January 11th. But this would certainly be the best win of the year. When you look at the Cougars, you have to run them off the three-point line. They've made 10 or more threes in six of their last seven games. And this is a team that can get it going from beyond the arc in a hurry with guys like TJ Hawes and Yoeli Childs, and they've got some serious shooters. And Childs is a tough guy to stop. Uh, over 20 points a game, eight and a half rebounds. He shoots at 59% from the floor and 51% from beyond the arc. So Santa Clara's got their work cut out for them. But you know, Thursday night against BYU, they have a chance to really show some people that they're not they're not just rolling over as as the season comes to a close. Well, at practice this week, I caught up with Jaden Bediaco, who uh, is a great guy to talk to, a lot of energy, really loves being at Santa Clara, and here's what that interview sounded like, talking about his time coming to Santa Clara and also, you know, uh, the season, the losing streak that the Broncos are on right now and then looking ahead to BYU as well. All right, so we're talking with Jaden Bediaco, freshman center for the Santa Clara Broncos, originally from Brampton, Ontario, Canada. You play your high school ball up there, now you come down here for college. What's that transition been like in a basketball sense? Uh, to be honest, that, that transition hasn't been like nothing um, nothing difficult, though. I know a couple guys here, Miguel and Yosef, though, so that's been helpful, though. And um, everyone in Canada that plays basketball, we kind of all know each other and, like, there's a record, like, I think there's 104 Canadians right now playing NCAA Division I basketball. And I know, like, probably those 100 guys, though. So no transition. It's like, um was a very difficult transition, though. And um, I'm glad to be here, though, to be honest. Your teammate, Yosef Frankich, is also from Canada. Did you ask him before you came to campus or as you came to campus about what it's like to be here, kind of use him as a resource? Yeah, for sure. I asked him, like, uh, what it was like here and how the team was doing and how he had his freshman year and um, just how he's developed, though, through here, though. And I thought, like, seeing the way he's been, like, I played against him, and Yosef, like, he's 10 times better than the player he was in, like, in 2016, though, when we uh, played together on Team Canada. So after, um, after like, just where he's been, got, just where he's, like, been through and where he's, he is now, though, that's, like, that, that, like, that showed me, like, you know, I could come here and develop a lot here. So when you were looking at different colleges and deciding where you wanted to go, what was it about Santa Clara? Maybe it was the coaching staff or something about the university itself. What was it that drew you to be a Bronco? I would say the coaching staff, you know, nice guys, great guys. Lots of them used to work in the Pac-10 back in the day. Herb, Coach Herb, Coach Sendek was part of the Arizona State team that had Harden. And even before that, though, NC State. And teams. he's been able to work with teams and bring them to the tournament and stuff like that too so he's doing that's what he's doing over here and then coach garson and uh coach love though they they both are from ucla though and they had some good players and good history out there too 
and Matt, Coach Madry from um, Seattle U. So they all have like good history of um, working with different teams, though. And I kind of liked how the play style was here. You know, like for throwing it inside though, and um, playing inside out though. That's why I kind of did it throughout high school though. And I, when I had that here, I'm like, you know, it's kind of cool because nowadays lots of teams are moving away from that though and trying to play fast and shoot jumpers and not throw it inside. So that kind of drew me here. That's why. And the conference too, being the West Coast Conference. It's, last year, arguably, it was the best conference out West, better than the Pac-12 and Mountain West. Though, so. Uh, okay, so let's start about uh, start talking about this year in particular. So you get thrust into the starting role. You know, Zeke Richards goes down early in the year. He was maybe going to be a backup center. Then Willie Caruso, the starter, goes down with the foot injury. He's starting to work his way back a little bit. But you get thrust into that starting role. When you realized you were going to be the guy when Willie went down, what was going through your mind? I got produced when that happened. Um, when that happened, so December was kind of a rough, rough month for me, though. I was like, probably in my downs, it was like, I was starting to question and doubt myself, though. And then when Willie got hurt, though, I was like, damn, you know, now I got, they're gonna, I'm gonna have to play now, you know. So it was kind of a good, it was kind of, it was really good, though, just getting it. And I had to be more serious and, you know, pay attention to every little detail, though, because now I'm gonna be playing a lot, though, and stuff like that. Um, and I've I embraced it too, you know, like these last couple of games I had though, I'm starting scoring double figures now and I'm starting to understand what the coaches always mean by like ducking and paying attention on the defensive side too. So, you know, I think like right now where we're going, we lost like three straight now. Um, the silver lining is though, I have been like playing better than I feel like I'm getting used to that though. And, you know, having Willie um, go down, it was tough though, but it forced me like, you know, girl, I'm not a freshman anymore now. I'm playing, I have to be playing like I'm a third year or fourth year player though. So that's really helped him. That's Personally, one of the reasons I came here, too, is also because I wanted to start. I wanted to play a lot, though, and, you know, I got the opportunity here. I played a lot in, in November, though. December kind of saw a decrease, though, and then Willie got hurt. And then January, December, and um, Zeke, I to, I'm the last five man in the center now. So, yeah. So you can, be, you can be brutally honest with me here. What's one area where you feel like you've been most impressed with yourself since getting this extra playing time, and what's the biggest area where you think you can improve the most? One area I would say, and it's really happened a lot in February though, but um, on the defensive end though, I, like now I'm starting to like hedge out on the ball screens better though, which is I couldn't really do that the most. I couldn't do that throughout November the whole season until like last month, and when that happened though, I was like, damn, okay, let's go. So uh, basically, basically the, the ball screen defensive side of it, I I see improvement there though, and um, an area I got to improve on though is typical for freshman big guys fouling foul a lot though. I try not to. I don't know how what the refs are seeing, and I'm like, I'm not, my hands are up, though. I thought, you know, so just really foul and just got to cut that down. We've seen you have some conversations with, with the officials. They come over and talk to you. Certainly not, not something that, that's uncommon, but uh, you mentioned a moment ago the three-game losing streak you guys are on right now. Don't know if you knew this. It's the first time all year that you guys have actually lost consecutive games. Uh, given that context, what has Coach Sendek's message been to you guys these last couple of weeks? Next game, he shows us film on um, the last couple of games, though, and just what we can work on, though. You know, we can't, like, hold on to that and hug it, though. You know, it's, it's what's done is done. You know, we just got to move on and keep focusing on, the, focusing on the next one, though. You know, we're playing BYU next, and just, they just got ranked, and this is the first time they've been ranked since the Jimmy Fredette era, 23 in the country, though. So they're excited and stuff like that, but, you know, it's an opportunity to take them down, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, like you said, just we'll take it one game at a time, though. You know, we can't get too high, get too low, though. Is what it is. You guys have four West Coast Conference games left before the tournament in March. Kind of hard to believe the season's already starting to come to an end. What do you think is the biggest key for you guys to finish strong down the stretch of conference play? Just stay together and keep fighting through. You know, it's 
we have no seniors though, which is good though. But as a freshman though, like just going through, just looking back, I'm like, damn, like I had to do this thing in July, August, and you know, September and October were brutal though. And now like season started though, great. And you know, you're like, okay, one game, we have 31 left. No, now it's like time's ticking now. So just gotta focus and play hard and do what we can control. You have a chance to pull an upset Thursday night on the road in Provo against BYU. Now, you haven't played them before because you're a true freshman, but based on what you've heard from teammates and watching college basketball over the years, what is it that makes BYU so tough? What, everyone, what I've been told from everyone else though, is the, the arena. And they're Mormons, though, but the arena, though, like, it's um, in the West Coast. Like, that's the biggest arena in the West Coast. And they used to be in the Mountain West, though, where they're used to playing in big arenas, though. Now you come to the WCC and, like, not all the gyms are small, though, but it's a little, like, smaller compared to what they were used to, though. But everyone says it's the arena, though. You're going to Utah, Provo, where I don't know the population, though, but I think they could hold, like, what, 18,000 or it's an NBA arena, though. So they don't have nothing to do on a, on a Thursday night, though, so everyone's coming to the damn game. So it's going to be loud, for sure. Like, I thought Gonzaga was loud, though. St. Mary's was, like, it was a little loud, but not too much, though, but... BYU, it should be the loudest, though. What is your guys' approach? Do the coaches give you any messages, uh, you know, you as a true freshman, but the other guys as well, about handling the crowd or dealing with it throughout the week during practice? Uh, he hasn't really said much about it. You know, it's just players go and play. You know, it doesn't matter. I could play, you could play in a small arena, a large arena. It doesn't matter. You just got to go and execute and just got to talk and communicate. You are looking bully upset. Like you said, they're ranked number 23 for the first time this season. If you had to give one key to victory for you guys to pull the road, the road win, what do you think it would be? There's lots of keys, though. We talked about it. Um, obviously, definitely, definitely stopping Yoli Charles, though, from getting go- getting going, though, because he's, um, he's a he's an NBA prospect, dude, uh, senior. He's, he's a good player. Um, and just they're a little older. TJ Haas, he's been playing well. But I would say just um, there's a lot. You know, you, like I would say stop, slow down Yoli Childs, stop their transition, and they're a good three-point shooting team, though, so you got to take away that shot. And just... Um, Oh, here's a good one. Cutting down our turnovers and taking good shots instead of bad shots. If, we, if, we're, if we're able to cut down our turnovers from, like, to maybe getting the whole game eight, seven maybe, we should, we should be fine. If we get, like, maybe ten or more, then it's a little harder. We've got to be able to make every shot, though. That's freshman center for the Santa Clara Broncos, Jaden Bediaco. Great to talk with you, man. Thank you. Like I said, a really, really – Fun guy to talk to. I, I enjoy talking to all these guys, man. They're they're awesome, uh, and they're always they're always willing to to talk to me, and it's it's really fun. And they you know they they take it seriously. And they have they have a fun time with it as well. So uh, Thursday, Santa Clara takes on BYU on the road. Saturday, they are at Pacific. Neither of those games will be on KSCU because they're away from the Levy Center. But next week, for the final two games of the regular season against St. Mary's on Thursday. And on Saturday against Portland, we'll have both of those games. I'll be on the call for both of them. My last two games in the Levy Center next week. Man, time time absolutely flies. It's, it's crazy to think about um, that I've only got two more two more games in the Levy Center. But that's what it is. So Santa Clara is going to look to finish the season strong with four regular season WCC games remaining. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Believe in Santa Clara Sports Podcast. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already, and tune into the next episode to get updates on all things Santa Clara and WCC basketball right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast platform for professionals. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Smalls 
underscore 55 or on Instagram at smalls underscore five to keep up with all of the sports broadcasts happening on KSU. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm Spencer McLaughlin signing off for this week saying so long and have yourselves a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.